With the ongoing developments of the COVID-19 pandemic, the national Flip the Pharmacy program has pivoted from its planned program focus to support pharmacies responding to the coronavirus within their communities. During this episode of Beyond the SIG, we will hear about best practices for community pharmacies from the Pennsylvania Flip the Pharmacy Practice Transformation Team. Please share this episode with as many of your pharmacy colleagues and associates as possible to reach as many pharmacists throughout our nation. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG prescription for transformative pharmacy care. This podcast is developed in collaboration with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and their Flip the Pharmacy team and paid for through CDC grant funding provided by the Pennsylvania Department of Health to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association broadcasted exclusively on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thank you for joining this episode of Beyond the SIG, your prescription for transformative community pharmacy care. This is Stephanie McGrath, Executive Director of Network Operations for the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Care Network, the CPSN Network of Pennsylvania. Today, I am pleased to be speaking with my colleague, Brandon Antonopoulos, Pharmacist Senior Program Manager of Community Pharmacy Programs and Adjunct Instructor at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. Brandon is also the lead coach for our Flip the Pharmacy Practice Transformation Team in Pennsylvania, and he's coaching 11 pharmacies himself. So Brandon, with the development of COVID-19 pandemic, the National Flip the Pharmacy program has pivoted from its normally normally scheduled programming to support pharmacies in best practices for the COVID-19 response. Can you tell us a little bit about your role as a Flip the Pharmacy coach and how COVID-19 has changed that role? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Stephanie. And I'm excited to be here to be sharing the the story with with our listeners. But um, so, yeah, so I am currently the coach lead for our Flip the Pharmacy Pennsylvania team. Uh, We currently have over 20 coaches divided into 12 coach teams supporting the 39 pharmacies that we have in, in Pennsylvania. Also coaching 11 pharmacies, uh, myself, uh, supported by Value Drug, um, one of the national um, co-op wholesalers uh, in our country, but located in Pennsylvania uh, that services many of our pharmacies. Um, And the process of supporting the pharmacies hasn't necessarily changed uh, that much. It's really just been about the content and the topics that have really changed. So um, for, for those of you um, that flip the pharmacy may be new, so it's a, um, it's a two-year uh, practice transformation program for pharmacies to uh, flip their, their model from one that's a traditional product-focused uh, uh, dispensing model to one that's more of a care planning over time model, uh, leveraging the appointment-based model, MedSync, in that process. Um, it's, it's funded by uh, primarily the Community Pharmacist Foundation uh, and organized nationally by the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network. So we're a part of that program. And, and again, as well, we were coming up on month seven here um, as part of that two-year process. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're doing in our team is doing to support these pharmacies we're continuing to do. Um, it's just really about the, the content and the topics around uh, COVID-19, obviously, that uh, we're trying to support these pharmacies and implementing and sharing of the best practices um, and trying to keep them up to date as much as possible what's happening. 
Excellent. Thanks, Brandon. So you have your pulse on a number of pharmacists and pharmacies across the state, nationally, um, people that are, you know, leading in this effort. Um, what changes or adaptations have you seen pharmacies make in the last month in response to COVID-19? So overall, initially, pharmacies really stepped up to do bottom line, just whatever it took to continue to serve patients in their communities um, in, a, in a responsible way uh, that protected the patients uh, and also protected their staff. Um, you know, how people get their medications, um, you know, they implemented changes and workflow changes to ensure that you know, they could still um, get people what they needed safely. Uh, also, um, looking at how they continue to provide care to people um, in, a, in a safe way, you know, through the use of um, telemedicine uh, and other aspects, um, you know, maybe these are things that they weren't necessarily doing to begin with, or they have um, uh, small services in play, but wasn't a core piece of their business. Um, really, it's, it's been around um, how to use these, these tools and resources uh, to continue to get medications to people that need it and as well as continue to provide the care to people uh, that need the care, but all doing so to limit exposure to uh, coronavirus to both the patients and, and their staff. Absolutely. So those are some really great examples of how they're helping to protect their patients from the spread of disease. How have you seen pharmacies um, start to protect their staff from the coronavirus spread? So uh, a lot of it, again, is uh, all around this uh, trying to um, mitigate the exposure to coronavirus. So pharmacies um, were quick to implement that the we've worked with or we've seen some closed door policies. Uh, so not having patients come into the pharmacy, but still making it um, convenient for them to get their medications um, uh, through various methods. Um, if patients did have to come into the pharmacies, you know, um, again, barriers uh, to limit exposure. So um, things like tape or uh, markings on the floor um, so people could practice good social distancing while inside. Um, other physical barriers such as uh, plexiglass or, or other sneeze guards um, up at some of the um, areas or counters that might be patient facing. Um, they're even uh, on top of, you know, things like PPE that's available for their staff. Um, pharmacies are even been dividing up their staff where they have a team A staff and a team B staff where maybe team A, um, you know, works the, the morning uh, shift. And then there's uh, 30 minutes in between where um, everyone does kind of like a full cleaning and sanitation of the pharmacy. Um, and then team B comes in and, and really keeping those teams separate. So then that way, if someone does get exposed, um, they're not, they're trying to minimize the risk of exposing um, the entire pharmacy staff. Um, if someone does have uh, coronavirus, um, making hand sanitizer for their staff to use um, and the shortage of um, having hand sanitizer as well as uh, routine, timely uh, sanitizing of, of workstations. Um, some of these are also to protect patients, but in, in general, um, it's also working to protect everyone from exposure. Uh, the CDC did come out with some specific guidelines to uh, pharmacies um, that I would say, um, you know, from our pharmacies that we're working with, uh, a lot of them were kind of already going above and beyond um, some of the precautions that were that were put in there. Um, you know, there before then, I think there was some question as is pharmacy, uh, um, you know, fall under as a, a, a healthcare um, 
entity or do they fall into a business, you know, in, in a lot of ways they're, they're one and the same. Um, but it was nice to see some guidance put out by the CDC specific to pharmacy. But from what I've seen with our pharmacies, um, you know, a lot of them were kind of already going uh, above and beyond that to protect, protect their staff and protect patients. And those were some of the ways that they were doing it. Yeah, it's really amazing to have seen so many people innovate so quickly and uh, work to keep their staff safe and, and their patients safe. We've also seen some really amazing examples of how pharmacies are helping to protect or support their communities. Can you share some of these things that we've been seeing? Yeah, sure. So, um, like some of the things I already mentioned, you know, while you know that does protect staff, that uh, does help to protect um, you know the patients and their communities as well. Um, utilizing things like a, a curbside pickup, where um, the patients don't have to come into the pharmacy, you know, they can stay in their vehicle, um, as well as using drive-through um, if a pharmacy does have drive-through. Um, seeing a lot of expansion of um, free delivery services and, and even some shipping services. Again, most of the pharmacies already had these in place um, as a value-added service. So, um, but utilizing this to again kind of uh, minimize um, you know trips coming out of the house uh, for patients coming to the pharmacy, things like that. There's also been uh, some interesting ways in which they're uh, protecting early supporting communities that may not be. Um, you know, specific to coronavirus um, or at least um, risking the exposure of it, but again, just kind of supporting the community and the well-being of the community. You know, we see pharmacies that have um, said that they were going to um, get lunches for their staff that would be takeout from local restaurants um, as a way to kind of support the businesses through through this. Um and, and also providing resources and things like hand sanitizer and equipment to other uh, frontline personnel. So first responder, first responders, hospital personnel. Um, so again, community pharmacies are stepping up, you know, not just as in the traditional healthcare sense that you may think of, but um, protecting and su supporting their communities in that way. Yeah, that's been just really amazing to see. Um, and we, we know that our pharmacists are also continuing to provide patient care. They've never, you know, probably experienced such a stressful time to do it. Um, but how have you seen our pharmacies continue to maintain, you know, great patient care? So that is a great question. Um, at first, the focus um, when kind of all this, all the, the major changes and, and impacts to our daily life happen, um, the focus was ensuring patients were able to get their, their medications. Um, you know, so managing, you know, that distribution process to make sure um, folks could get what they needed, if it was early refills, if it was adjusting supplies and things like that. Um, I think that was the, the primary focus. And we even um, uh, saw from folks or heard anecdotally that, you know, prescription volume was up anywhere from 25 to 40% of what their normal uh, workflow or their, their volume was. So I think at first it was focusing on that. Um, the, the product distribution pieces are kind of starting to calm down. Many pharmacies are now refocusing on, um, you know, again, solving or answering that question. How do we ensure care to, to everyone uh, on top of managing our response to the pandemic? Uh, the biggest win that I've seen um, has been with MedSync. So pharmacies that already have robust uh, MedSync programs where the majority of their patients or their workflow um, were on a MedSync process. Um, you know, it, it might have been just a one week of um, 
you know, abrupt changes to their uh, daily normal workflow, um, mostly with just kind of communicating uh, to patients changes as well as uh, informing them of uh, changes to the way that they were going to get them their medications and their, and their care. Um, after that, you know, it was kind of businesses as usual. They were already set up the, um, with that proactive model to kind of be on top of this. So it was a less reaction to the scenario and more being proactive. Um, pharmacies are even using this opportunity to get patients into um, this MedSync model where it's more of a, um, an opt-out method. So instead of a, hey, are you interested in the service we have? It's, hey, to protect you, um, to limit your exposure to coronavirus or COVID-19 and coming into the pharmacy to protect our staff as well. Um, we're going to get all your medications ready for you once a month. And before we send them to you, we're going to check in to see, see how you're doing and make sure you're okay every month. Um, and, and that kind of messaging is, is gone really well for some of the pharmacies that are um, looking to do this. So not only is it the right thing to do um, in general, but it, it has been a great win for pharmacies to protect um, patients and, and staff. Um, also, keeping the communities informed uh, with updated guidance and info from state and national health agencies through their websites, uh, through social media, through local media as well. Um, I think a lot of folks know that at times, um, you know, community pharmacy may be one of the few um, access points that a lot of patients and, and the public have to healthcare resources in general. Um, so these pharmacies have uh, been able to um, leverage that just to keep their, their patients in the community informed um, if, if there are other ways that they would not be able to be informed of what's happening. Uh, and, and some of the ways that they're doing that is, is through this telemedicine shift. So doing these things like the, the check-ins, the comprehensive med management, um, you know, getting at-home devices and monitors that patients can use where they can continue to monitor um, their blood sugar, continue to monitor their, um, their blood pressure, things like that, but be able to report back to the pharmacy um, some of those changes uh, we're starting to see um, all being managed remotely by the pharmacist um, or pharmacist extenders, uh, you know, through technicians, interns, um, things of that nature we're, we're starting to see. Yeah, that's been really cool. That last point, especially about that shift towards telemedicine and um, pharmacists really stepping up to be able to help manage some chronic health conditions. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot more of that as, as this continues to play out over the next month. Um, so uh, getting back to your role as a Flip the Pharmacy coach, um, the Flip the Pharmacy program, you know, nationally involves coaches that are to go um, into pharmacies once a month to provide in-person site visits, to coach and mentor them through these change packages to transform their practice. So with the social distancing recommendations, clearly, you know, you're not able to physically be there, um, but you're certainly able to support them remotely. Can you describe how you're providing this support and kind of what that entails? Absolutely. So our, again, our, our process hasn't necessarily changed, but it, the, the content um, has, has changed. So what we've been doing, um, and, and we're fortunate to have some um, students uh, on rotation with us that we got that were finishing out some of their um, community APPE rotations that are now working with us uh, remotely. So they've been tremendous in being able to support um, not just us as a, as a coach team, but support these pharmacies too. Um, so continuing with, you know, weekly summaries, but focus more on changes of, of what is happening. So we're pushing out to, to our coaches to be able to provide to the pharmacies, um, 
these brief weekly updates of kind of what's happening um, in the news. So covering best practices and workflow, protecting patients, protecting staff, uh, drug shortages, drug information, um, information as well as uh, regional and, and national uh, regulatory changes. So we send these out and, and the information in three forms, uh, an infographic newsletter, an audio podcast, uh, and a video. And the video and the podcast are under 10 minutes. And really the intent of these is kind of like a, hey, here's your weekly update of, of changes. Um, and here's a source or information to go for more details. So really trying to make it easier for our pharmacies to stay on top of um, what's happening. Um, as well as the uh, some what I've done now is instead of um, uh, you know trying to rely so much on even just phone and emails communication, uh, just text messaging with my champions just to say hey, thinking of you, hope all's well. Let me know how I can help. Uh, you know, just being respectful of their time, but letting them know um, they they still have us as a as a resource and we're, we're going to support them um, any way we can. Um, I think for for us and, and even me personally, that's that's found out what's worked um, pretty well to be able to support them remotely. Yeah, that's great. And I think all those touch points and communications seem to be appreciated, you know, um, even if there's not always a response. But I know you do get lots of questions and concerns, you know, that are coming up from pharmacies. So what are you hearing? What questions, you know, are you are you hearing from pharmacists now? So some of the, the questions or the, the concerns um, I'm getting, uh, you know, everyone is focused on addressing the questions and challenges of, of today and, and committed to taking care of the patients. But in the back of everyone's mind, it's preparing for, you know, the challenges and the opportunities when we go back to normal or, or at least a, a new normal. Um, you know, pharmacy benefit management and, and the payment model, a lot of concerns um, around this and how this situation will impact pharmacies' ability to care for people, uh, you know, obviously beyond challenges that are already faced um, is, is definitely a concern. Uh, yes, they're jumping in to do whatever is necessary for patients, uh, but will they still be able to, you know, keep their doors open after um, after this is a concern I see come come up a lot, and, and it's a very valid concern. Um, on the flip side, you know, what opportunities will come from this? Um, taking into consideration swift regulatory changes, uh, you know, putting pharmacists in better positions to care for folks um, is, is something that's being looked at too. Uh, just some examples, you know. Uh, uh, coronavirus vaccine, you know, when, when that becomes available, um, you know, how could pharmacies be prepared uh, for that um, and, and be a part of that? Because I think community pharmacy is going to be crucial um, in making sure uh, vaccinating the, the public whenever um, a vaccine is available um, is going to be important. Uh, the Department of Health and Human Services just announced um, that, you know, authorizing pharmacists to be able to order and administer COVID-19 uh, tests. Um, you know, that's certainly exciting, uh, but you know, what does this mean long-term, um, you know, for the pharmacies or for in areas where, you know, maybe point of care testing wasn't routine because of regulatory barriers, you know, what does this mean for those, those areas to be, have pharmacies to be able to, to be able to do this? Um, also what's happening to all the patients with chronic diseases. Um, you know, the focus is so much on coronavirus, you know, what can be done to ensure that 
uh, people with chronic diseases continue to get the care that they've always needed and, and don't necessarily get pushed aside by the healthcare um, system. So these are most of the concerns I'm, I'm hearing. Um, you know, I think everyone's in general just, you know, on board with addressing, um, you know, patients' needs now, but there, there is this look to, um, you know, what do we need to do now in the future um, to either resolve these challenges or um, step up to these opportunities that we're going to have. Yeah, it's so important to think about next steps and how can we be prepared for the future and, and can just continue to move forward for sure. Um, what resources, do you mention, you know, some of the resources that, that our team at Pitt has generated and um, what additional resources do you feel that pharmacies are most benefiting from? Uh, the the COVID um, change packages uh, that CPSN through Flip the Pharmacy is putting out, I heard a lot of a, a lot of good feedback on on those. I know there's a a new one that was just put out. Um, looking forward to get out to our pharmacies. Um, and again, it's just kind of the the summarizing of updates and information um, is helpful. There's a lot of emails and a lot of new information. It could be information overload coming at these pharmacists and the pharmacies. Um, so providing them with kind of the summary high points and where to go for more information is, has been very beneficial, we've heard. Um, the ability to join even regionally our, our uh, Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association and the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Care Network uh, open forum that happens weekly um, is a nice complement to some of the stuff that we're doing is we're getting information to these pharmacies, allowing an open forum for them to come for more details and ask questions and allow um, in person, the experts, you know, these pharmacies to kind of share um, the best practices that they're implementing is, has really been um, beneficial um, too. So again, I think just in general with, with so much information and, and things changing every day, if not every hour, um, helping them uh, with their ability to stay up to date with the high points and directing them where to go to, to details um, is what they're most benefiting from. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's a lot of content, a lot of information out there for sure. Um, so Brandon, with your, your role with the University of Pittsburgh, you're involved with a lot of students in you know, many different capacities. And you've already mentioned that students can help get involved with um, as pharmacist extenders and helping to provide patient care. Um, how are students getting involved you know, in this? Um, how are in the flip the pharmacy and now with COVID-19, how has that changed? So we we're very fortunate. Um, at the, the University of Pittsburgh um, in the School of Pharmacy to have leadership that's so supportive of community pharmacy practice and the work we're doing with um, practice transformation. Um, and, and even our students being a part of that um, as well. We, we would not be able to do what we do without students. So even students working with us, again, I mentioned we've had to quickly adapt and in, 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 uh, flex to offer remote a remote community, um, APPE experience. Um, what started as having, um, you know, one or two students in a matter of a week, um, we had eight students with us on rotation. Um, and they've been instrumental in helping us to accomplish not even just the, some of this work that we've talked about today, but many other projects that are going on with um, some of our community pharmacy partners, um, you know, to assist in the, the pharmacies being able to continue to provide care. Uh, to patients while still offering a very meaningful and rewarding experience for, for the students. Um, so that's one way. Um, another thing that we've seen is, you know, these students are, you know, they're pharmacists in, in a sense, or they're going to be pharmacists very shortly. 
And in a way, you know, even they, their students, they are healthcare providers. Um, so seeing these students, you know, hear the call, um, whether it be through experiential learning, um, a lot of it even through their paid internships that they already have, not even just in community pharmacy, but even any pharmacy setting, uh, a lot of them are really stepped up to be on the front lines to, to help in this, um, you know, kind of hearing the call. So, um, you know, whether through projects, through experiential learning, um, to support the pharmacies, um, or even just kind of stepping up at their internships, um, you know, anything that a student can do to, um, you know, continue to ensure that patients are cared for at their community pharmacies um, and, and help in the pharmacy's response um, is, is what we're seeing. And, and it's been tremendous. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's, um, you know, this is certainly a, a situation that none of us will ever forget, but certainly as a student um, and making that transition to becoming a pharmacist, um, really making an impact on their career. And this whole situation is totally unprecedented. You know, we all do CEs for emergency preparedness, um, but it's always with the notion that it might never be needed or we hope that it's never needed. Um, we all have learned a lot in this. Um, so Brandon, what has been your greatest learning so far in this community pharmacy response to COVID-19? Uh, so, you know, kind of reflecting on this experience and observing everything, um, you know, pharmacists are great problem solvers. Um, you know, it's just generally in our nature. I mean, even think back to, you know, we learn the, the, the pharmacist patient care process. You know, it's the thing that we teach all of our pharmacists as part of the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Care Network. It's something all of our students learn and, and you know, many students across the country learn now. Um, but, you know, it's all about um, using subjective and objective information to identify drug therapy problems, um, to come up with plans, implement them, and follow up or essentially continually um, assess if it's working or not um, and, can, and continue that process. Um, I mean, just even that thought process in general um, that pharmacists have makes us great problem solvers, regardless of if it's patient care, really it's identifying needs or what has to be done. Um, for for patients um, and the, our ability to roll up our sleeves and just do what needs done, um, so that's that's been a learning point. Just you know, our pharmacists are great problem solvers, and you know, don't crack under pressure. Just do what needs to be done to take care of patients. Yeah, I think this scenario is really a testament to that and the pharmacist's ability to do right by the patient and do right by the community, no matter what. Uh, also, at a, a regional and national level. Um, the amount of collaboration and sharing of best practices to put pharmacists in the best position to succeed and can care for people is happening at a rate that I've never seen before. Um, you know, we are going to get through this. And, and when we do, I, I think it is going to be exciting how this, this new normal uh, will look for community pharmacy practice. Uh, you know, Flip the Pharmacy was a, well, is, is a two-year practice transformation process these pharmacies successfully transformed their practice in two weeks, literally. Um, so, you know, I think we learned a lot through this process, again, how community pharmacies ability to flex and, and take care of patients, no matter what, um, has, has been shown and, and it, it, it excites me for what this means for the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. And necessity is the mother of invention, right? Um, it's just amazing to see oh, yeah, how, absolutely. how far, how, how far everyone's come in, in just a few weeks. Um, so thanks Brandon for sharing all of those best practices. You shared a lot of really great ideas, um, and innovations that have, have come out of this, um, to how can pharmacists and pharmacy teams continue to learn more about COVID-19 best practices? So I, I, I think, um, just having a process for saying, up to date uh, in general, you know, even this is something I share with the, with my students that I have on rotation and even some of my pharmacies, um, you know, even before COVID-19. But um, one of the best things you could do is just have a process for staying up to date in general. Uh, for me, that's, you know, newsletters from associations and organizations, you know, being involved in associations uh, and even through social media. Um, knowing what the right groups are to follow as far as the information I want to consume or, or stay on top of. Um, you know, it can get overwhelming. So I think just having your process and sticking to it um, is, is one of the best things that you can do at this time. So if you don't have, a, you know, student cavalry that's working um, uh, for you to kind of uh, collate and, and um, summarize this information. Um, again, just having a process so it doesn't get overwhelming. And again, staying on top of the high points and knowing where to go for the details. Uh, also for me, you know, podcasts, um, such as even this one, the Pharmacy Podcast Network, uh, as well as, you know, podcasts through Flip the Pharmacy are good. Uh, the COVIDBestPractices.com website. Uh, it's a really good site um, that CPSN has put together um, in order to share information um, and, and get information out to uh, pharmacies as quickly as possible. Um, they update this on a daily basis. So going to that website um, is one that I frequent routinely and encourage my pharmacies and my students to go to. Um, also, the National Community Pharmacists Association and the National Association of Chain Drug Stores, but they have both um, good uh, update sites uh, for community pharmacies, and, and there's probably a lot of other ones in general that, that are out there. Um, you know, general pharmacy websites through things like APHA um, or even other practice settings like ASHP um, that have good, good information and, and even NASPA and others to stay on top of what's happening uh, regulatory-wise um, and changes that way. So at least those are some of the ones that I use. Um, but again, I think it's just important to have your process and, and, and stick to it to stay up to date and where to go for more details. Excellent. All really great tips, um, all really great resources of information. So thank you so much, Brandon, for your time today, for sharing your insight from the field and highlighting best practices from community pharmacy and the COVID-19 response. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, thanks for, for all the work that you're doing, Stephanie, and, and, and everyone to advance practice transformation. Um, you know, this is, this is a time more than ever where, um, you know, where it was kind of always needed, but it's certainly going to get accelerated and, and I'm, I'm optimistic for, you know, what the future holds beyond this. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Brandon. And we invite our listeners to keep tuning in twice a month to be on the SIG as we bring you innovations from local and national leaders that impact the delivery of quality pharmacy care. Thank you for joining. Thanks for listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Be sure to check back with the Pharmacy Podcast Network soon for the next episode. 
To learn more about transforming the role of the pharmacist, visit papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. That's papharmacists.com forward slash podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.